0: Welcome to a new episode of Big Sister Conversations, a show for people in their teens or twenties who want to grow in their faith, strengthen their relationships and make better choices. Walking this journey with you is your big sister, Eniola. Before we get into today's conversation, Please subscribe to the podcast so that you can find it easily when you want to listen again. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to become a part of the community. You'll receive encouraging and personal emails every month from your big sister to keep you hopeful and inspired. The link is in the show notes. Hi Duny, welcome to Big Sister Conversations. Hi, Aniela. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm so glad and I'm so excited you're here. Same here. So you guys, I'll just introduce Juni quickly and I'll tell you how I decided that Juni should join us on Big Sister Conversations. So sometime last year, I noticed, like, I saw a post on Twitter about um I couldn't really really remember the details but I I just know that it was fascinating and it was basically about how you know one incident changed her life forever and surprisingly like she wasn't mad or bitter if anything she sounded like you know God is good God is faithful my life is still good so I was really interested because I was like when things don't happen the way people want them to say you have a plan for your life and it doesn't work out that way sometimes you just tend to be mad and bitter But that wasn't Johnny's approach. So I'm like, I need to talk to this person. Like it was, it was imperative. I just had to. So for facts. fast forward to this year, I forgot. I didn't even save the post. I ran into Johnny at a party and I'm like, this is the person I've been looking for. Cause I didn't save the post. I didn't have access to it. I was just like, where's this person? Where's this person? Then a friend helped me find her. And then like a week later, I actually ran into Johnny, and I'm so, so glad you're here. So welcome once again duni it's so great to have you here. Thank you, it was great to be born into you by the way, I was like small world. <laughs> yeah, quite small, quite small. Okay so Dunny, what do you do like for a living, what's your occupation?
1: Okay so I'm a content writer and uh, editor, I studied law mm-hmm. and I was called to Dubai in 2019. I'm a lawyer <laughs> too, that's you know, so cool. No, I know I, know, I know, I found out, out last week or so. Uh, I was going to even tease you about it, and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's um, so I cool. I do NYC. I I pivoted just shortly after
0: NYC to so, content. That is me too. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, so I found out that Jenny has like a newsletter, and it's called a Word in Season. And then again, with my stalking, I said to just go through and news, because, you know, if you know how Substack works, you can see like previous posts that the person has made. So I noticed that there was actually an article called "Hair Study on Ruined Life. And I, I have spent some time reading it and I just want to talk to you about that today, Duni. So in the newsletter, you talked about your background. You know, your parents are pastors. You grew up as a pastor's kid. Can you just talk about that for a minute? What was it like growing up in a very pastorish society or rather family? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, yeah, so both of my parents are pastors, and, um, but the thing about my parents, though, is that, you know, do I know those pastors, they actually love God? they are not too many people that you can point to, too many older people that you can point to and say, oh, this person loves God, but I know that one of the, things that i was noticed growing up was like the passion and the fervency that my parents had for god so i i think they i think they imbibed that in us because uh from a young age i also loved reading the bible like on my own i just i would pick up the bible and read and i just loved god like I love God, and of course, um, I was also I was also active in church, like in the church and department. You know how you like learn all these long passages for recitations, and you are mm. just involved in. It. Yes, I was very involved in in the church as a child. And even going into secondary school, somehow I would just always find myself um, very um invested or very active in like fellowship or any Christian gathering. Um, so I think for right from three I was probably like the you Rostal know, Chapel Prefects for a while. Oh that's and, nice. Yeah and everywhere anyway I was yeah, I was just always very involved in, in church and, and fellowship and all of that. Um, so yeah, having um, having parents who loved and served God was, it definitely impacted my life because I I started to know God um, for myself. And one thing my parents always made sure to do was to say, you're not born again just because you're a child of a pastor. You have to make your personal decision to um, accept Jesus into your life and to be faithful to him. So, you know, in, Christ, in the Christian community, you're sure just- among older Christians, they always ask you like the particular date. To be honest, I don't know the particular date. <laughs> I, <just know laughs> I don't know it either. When, I don't know for my I don't know my I just know that around when I was nine, ten, I went for an altar call, and that was like the point I remember uh, I was also filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's when I remember that okay, I I said seeking God on my own, I said, you know, spending time I would write while I'm studying the Bible, I would pray, and that's just a period that I remember that I my heart was drawn to jesus but i cannot specify dates so i think yeah from then on it was like a personal um work with god for me
0: and um it's been an amazing journey that's so beautiful. Okay, so apparently I'm finding out that there's quite some similarity in our childhood slash background. My parents were not really pastors. My dad did not become a pastor until I was in secondary school, but I grew up in church. I gave my life to Jesus early. But one thing I've quite noticed is that for many of us that tend to start our relationship with God early, or even people that just started, you know, it's not quite a linear journey As much as you love Jesus, there are still moments where you have like ups and downs where you're not you're not living. Maybe sometimes for me in particular, I had a season where actually it wasn't a season, it was years when I wasn't living a life that was consistent to who I'd become in Christ. And for me, I actually had a lot of sexual sin in my past like i used to struggle a lot with loss with masturbation with addictions and so reading your newsletter i noticed that you mentioned something a bit about sexual sin so i'd just like to know you know just a little bit like what was the struggle like for you
1: yeah so you know like you said even though some of us really love and desire god we have like our struggles um so my struggle my struggle is very i think it's very interesting my struggle related more to my emotional intensity. You know, some people will say they struggled with, you know, masturbation or whatever because they had all these orgies. So, but for me, it was more that I was so emotionally intense. From a young age, I used to like have crushes on people. I can relate. i was relate. so drawn to people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I had my first crush probably. I was probably in five. Like, it was it was serious? So, like, I used to look Come at on. <laughs> Um, and right into secondary school, I just realised that uh, I just used to like different people. I just liked—I don't know. I I was a romantic basically, and I used to. You said to was. You're people. no longer a
0: romantic.
1: Oh, I mean I, I still have, I still have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, okay, now but in secondary school, you're a little bit more innocent, right? So even if you are close to that person, you're not really thinking of physical intimacy. But when I got into the university, okay, and okay. And then again, you know, I would go up uh, you know, in the teens church, we hear about sexual purity, yeah. You know, wait until you're married, even in my school, I remember when it this um, <laughs> they brought this, I don't even know this organization, I was talking about sexual purity, and then they passed like a loaf of bread around the co-hollow, and then they said, when, when the bread, bread go back to the anchor, she now said, can you see how this bread is more soft, now flat and mushy, that's how they're like be useful, ah. men around. <laughs> ah. So a lot of fear-mongering. Oh my God! Yeah, that's very interesting. There's a lot of fear mongering. So I didn't really have any... It wasn't until I got into the university that I realized I didn't really have any deep convictions about abstinence or sexual abuse. So like I knew, uh, you know, God said blah, blah, blah. But that's, that depth of conviction was not there. Initially, you know, I tried... Uh, I remember like some people that were in my freshman year some people that I was getting close to and I realised like, okay it's just starting to like me and I would extricate myself but then I ended up liking somebody like a lot and you know the first time he kissed me I felt so guilty and horrible uh... like oh. after a while I was like I really like this person like I don't want to cut off I don't want to end these things so I would say that my my struggle was more tied to like my emotional connection with people I realized that I crave intimacy affection attention uh-huh. I they basically, they basically became an idol to me where um, if they wanted sexual intimacy I would say yes not because I had some crazy orgies or something but because I just wanted to make them happy um, yeah. I just wanted to bond with them so I think my struggle who was in relationships. My circle was in relationships. And... I- uh. You know, you, you said something about a period where your life was not consistent. Yeah. Your, and just reminding me of in, in the university, I was in a relationship for like two years. Uh, we were physically intimate, and um, during that period, you know, initially I struggled with so much guilt. Like I knew, I knew that I wasn't working in line with God's will for me. I knew that there were contradictions in my life, but I did not want to end the relationship. I did not want to let go of that person. Uh. Uh, guilt eventually does give way to like this spiritual dryness where I couldn't, I wasn't even like I was going to church, but my heart was not there. I, I felt so distant from God, so far away from Him. You know, it wasn't until that relationship ended that I was able to revive my relationship with God or rather God restored me. Um, ah. So, yeah, I, I would say those were just really tied to my desire for affection and intimacy, such that the people that I am either in a relationship or situation with become an idol to me and i really just want to like, do anything to please
0: them mm, wow wow so like something i'm really picking out from this conversation is that sometimes like we all have struggles in our work with god and it's different for different people but then i noticed something on your i mean in the newsletter i read how that, like you had this secret fear of um you know there's this thing of Chris, and um, pastor's daughters getting pregnant and i don't know so many but i know a very popular example um pastor sarah jakes Roberts, but of course you know we're so glad her life is great she's a great person but you mentioned like having this fear so first of all like where was that fear where did that fear come from and um yeah so after this whole sexual intimacy thing with this guy like where did it progress to what did it lead to
1: yeah um so, I think the fear does came from seeing it happen so often around me. Um, I remember in 2013 or so, one of the pastors in our zone, his daughter got pregnant, and then my dad called or his daughter, and it was like, he's like, don't, <laughs> you have to be careful. Like, this will leave such a dent in our legacy. Like, you need to be careful. Um, you know, so many other stories already over the years and um, because I knew my weakness, because I knew how much I craved uh, intimacy with the people that I have an emotional connection with, I, I wasn't, I was afraid that I would not be able to control myself. I was afraid that, you know, if I continued down the path that I was on, it would eventually lead to some consequence, which would be, which would most likely be um, a pregnancy. And at this point, let me just say that I <laughs> my fear led me to do something, something that I thought was smart then, but was completely irrational and stupid. So I would ne- I never went all the way like to have um, penetrative sex uh, because I was like, at least let me just do the other things. But like this this whole um, going all the way. Like extreme. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, it was missing. Whether yeah, actually. It, actually. It was like or yeah. It, it's still it's still sexually malicious in the eyes of God, but it does make yeah. me feel it does made me feel safe as some other, Okay, at least I won't get pregnant. So my I won't go into much detail, but my unplanned pregnancy actually came about in a very unusual way. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard about there are a few cases where people don't actually have um penetrative sex, but they do some other things like that leads. Yeah, so I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. Yeah. She had a similar story. I remember when her story wow. out. I was really, I already pregnant, but I was off Twitter and then I was seeing people say, She's lying, she's lying. But I knew that way. And I was like, this things actually happened People just will tell mm. you. Mm-hmm. Their story. so um so that was how i was just trying to try in, in a bit to protect myself I, I did not go all the way but i was still it was still seen i was still doing in fact it was as good as just doing the, <laughs> the real thing right so anyway um i yeah i, I got you know, over the years because i had that got into like different streams of relationships and all of that so yeah that was that was really what my struggle was like
0: okay so um I want to just draw on a quick allusion. So in my second year in uni, because like, you know, I had like a lot of freedom. I'm now in uni. I can do whatever I want. And so I I had this moment where like things went a little too far and then my period was delayed. So I thought I was pregnant, but I didn't really do anything, but I was just scared. And so I, in fact, that, those two weeks were the worst two weeks of my life before I finally, like before my period came and I realized, no, I'm not pregnant i thought i would die like it was so intense i'm wondering like for you you were actually pregnant how did you feel finding out that like you know you're sitting in front of a doctor and doctor goes you're pregnant like what was going through your head so my parents had been delayed for weeks a week, say, week or so um, oh. and just like how
1: you were thinking i didn't really do anything i was also thinking why well, didn't really do anything now but i mean hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah yeah So initially I was just thinking maybe malaria or typhoid, but then I did malaria, okay. After I treated after I actually had malaria so I treated that. But I was having this sensation in my stomach. Um and I, I just wasn't feeling okay, right? So I did typhoid and maybe some monella test or something, that I was fine. Um so I spoke to a, a doctor friend and he was like, you know, you need, to, you need to go to the hospital. Um so my I was serving I serving in a law family in Cota at the time and everybody knew that I was sick. So even though they don't have HMO for um core members, they made an exception for me and i was able to okay. go to the hospital today you know before i went to the hospital i was like this really getting afraid i'm um, what's this because you know i started to spit or i started to spit a lot i started to spit a lot um, were you vomiting like um, african
0: no, magic style
1: no 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 i didn't start i didn't start i didn't have money sickness until maybe my night week or so but i was okay. I was definitely okay. um <laughs> so I was still having that battle in my head, like no, no, this time kind of pregnancy, I didn't I didn't really do anything. Um, so when I went to the hospital to take my blood sample and then the next day I had to go and pick it up and see a doctor and I I could not sleep that night. I don't think I slept that night. I was so troubled. I was so afraid. I was like, God, please, <laughs> please. Um, so, I mean, the next day, I got rushed out. I went to the hospital. And then the doctor told me that I was pregnant. And I'm like, is this guy joking? <laughs> I'm like, guy joking. Uh, and then I explained, the, um, I explained what I had done <laughs> the month before. And the guy was like, yeah, I mean, you can still get pregnant that way. It's very weird, but it happens. And I'm like, oh, my God, why? Why is this happening oh, to me? Why me? Why me? <laughs> Why me? Why me? Why me, God? So I really, I really thought like, okay, this is this is God punishing me. Like this is God punishing me because I've been struggling to be remain sexually pure. And the thing about so this part about my struggle was I actually really, actually really fought. And when I say fought, not not soft effort. Like I was, I would say my confessions. I would you really know make sure I repented immediately. I would be accountable. So like there are periods where I, I really would outstanding right but then there are periods where I would also fall and sometimes after I become tired of the cycle and you grow resigned Uh, God, do I like to be free from this thing I've had people come to me to tell me this same thing after my experience that they're so tired like sometimes they feel so helpless and powerless whenever they fall into sexual sin um so yeah I I felt like are you are you punishing me because of this whole cycle, and I was just, I started thinking of all the consequences. Like, you know, my parents were pastors, like the very same thing my father had begged me about many years ago. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> like. Um, and um, I was thinking of my parents, I was thinking of myself. Like, I didn't want to marry this person. I was in the person that I was pregnant for. I, we we're not even in an official relationship because there are other factors. Like. That, yeah, if, if we we're even in an official relationship, you know, maybe it's that makes things a little easier, but I I knew that this person does not fit the vision God has for me for your husband. I and I should have ended it, but you know now like I yeah. said, I was craving emotional end. connection. Yes, so mm-hmm. I stayed. Um so the the, the the circumstances right they were not they were not palatable at all. And then, you know, I was like, I'm just finishing now. I say, like, I don't even like, I'm still trying to figure out my career. This thing will slow me down, it will derail my career path, it will uh, make me lose opportunities. The consequences were just so vivid in my mind, and I was so afraid. So, yeah, I was afraid, and then I was just devastated. Like, and then I felt like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you punishing me? I repented of this thing. Why are you punishing me? I honestly, before, this pregnancy incident, I was actually like, God, I can't continue like this. And I, I was already taking steps towards cutting off from that person. So I was like, Go, but you mm. but then in hindsight, I was like, maybe, maybe God saw that my prayers was not sincere because sometimes we think <laughs> yeah, we are repenting sincerely. Yeah. But we, we're just trying to escapate ourselves, so we're just trying to feel better and eliminate that guilt. Yeah,
0: you're trying to get rid of the guilt.
1: Exactly. So maybe. Maybe you know my repentance was not sincere and it's not even just about God, it's the fact that I'm facing my I'm facing the consequences of my of my action. That's just the truth. Like uh-huh. the consequence. So sometimes we try to push things on God. Yes, God is sovereign, but you have free
0: will and actions have consequences. Yeah. So take us yeah. And God will not punish you with another person's life, in my opinion. Like, exactly. That's, too big. that's like, God loves exactly. life. Why would he give it to you exactly, as a punishment? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, an unplanned pregnancy is not a punishment. It's not a punishment. But yeah, that, that was really my emotional state. I was I was crying. I was confused. I was, I was distraught. And I was very... I felt very despondent. Like, the future looks so bleak.
0: Mm, I can imagine... I can imagine. Okay, so now from this whole place of you know feeling discouraged and afraid and all the emotions you were going through. So you had two choices, or yeah, in my opinion, like I feel like if you have an unplanned pregnancy, it's either you keep it or you don't. But you decided to keep him. I've met your son, he's such a wonderful boy. Why did you keep him? Because I mean you mentioned it was going to derail you um your parents were going to see it as a stain on their legacy you weren't even sure you wanted to marry the person how did you gather the strength to be able to still do the right to 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 still be able to make the right decision of keeping keeping your son
1: yeah so i i had that whole talk of war like i actually i'm not going to lie and i always tell my friends that when i was leaving that hospital i was like yeah i'm going to (laughs) have to terminate this pregnancy like i was already telling you father that I, see i don't know how you want to do it but start looking for where we can <laughs> find a clinic
0: in this buttercup but you're not afraid like you know all these movies you watch growing up they say if you do abortion you'll be die. when you're not dying you that not get to heaven. God, god do not say no yeah, that, yeah no that definitely crossed my mind but you know like i mm. said the initial reaction
1: was like no i can't go through this so of course initially i was like you know, after Googling, so I was even Googling the name of drugs or, like, I was just, yeah, yeah, the first hour I was, I was just, I was like, I, like, I had gone mad. like, I was like, I cannot go through this. But then I, I, I called, I called um, two friends. I tell you know, these two people from Twitter. Of course, my best friends were also in the loop, but I wanted to talk to somebody other than my best friends. So I called an older friend, and then she was just talking to me, talking to my options. She was like, you know, the new, okay, what if you keep it? What will happen? If you have what will happen? So I started weighing the pros and cons, right? I started weighing the pros and cons. Um, and <laughs> as I was weighing pros and cons, that's like, Auntie, you're yeah, not doing your own. Because, and the truth is, I have a relationship with God. So... I have, yeah. I have the Holy Spirit within my Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit he will guide us, he will counsel us. So he was not silent. Even, even
0: when we don't feel like we're we'll exactly. you know, living
1: the kind of life you
0: want. He mm-hmm. won't leave you alone, yet. yeah.
1: So in my spirit, I was hearing God speaking to me. Bible verses were coming to me. Um in, in fact, a few weeks before, you know, this that whole episode, I had I had taught uh, teenagers in church. Uh, I don't remember the topic, but I remember we were looking at Psalm 139 or 13 about how you were faithfully and wonderfully made. And I thought I none of you an accident, you know. Before you we were conceived, you we were conceived in the mind of God as references. Um, so you know, that came back to me. That came back to me, and and I was like, you know, this child, it's, it's to you it's an unplanned pregnancy, but it's planned by God. You, you know, this child is not an accident. Yet yeah, the circumstances are not favorable to you. But God has a plan for this child. Um, and another verse that came to my mind was actually, you know, God is not mocked. Whatever he saw, so you reap. And I was just like, hmm, instead of you to, you know, <laughs> do the right thing now, you are still trying to cover your sin. You know, you are digging, you are digging yourself deeper into into destruction. I started feeling like this yeah is, this is the time for you to fear God. Yes, prior to this, you had been, um, walking sexual sin, without fear of God, this is the time for you to retrace yourself. This is the time for you to fear God. So there was this whole <laughs> eternal dialogue that I was having. I I I I, I would say it's the Holy Spirit. I, I I was hearing a voice or something. But there's a way we speak in our heads. but There's a way we have conversations in our head. Psychologists um, so call it like self-talk or your inner dialogue. So let's just say I was having the kind yeah. of dialogue with myself. Where yeah, let me yeah. see
0: my my spiritual self was talking to my fleshly self. Let me see. Yeah, but well, I like think that. it's actually a scripture. It's actually a spiritual thing. I think it's also called like the inner witness. Oh yeah, you're kind of having a conversation yeah. with yeah, God.
1: Yeah 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 yeah. yeah no, this, the spiritual yeah. the spiritual verse is the inner witness. Um, the psychological yeah. soft but yeah, I believe it was a spiritual that came. So what was going on within me? Um, so I I had all these Bible. There are other Bible verses I can listening to them now. But The the bottom line was that you know my spirit was telling me, do need, um, it is a sin to abort a pregnancy. You have to do the right thing and honor God, even though it will not, even though it will not um, be favorable, even though it will cost you a lot." So I remember w- when I was having this in the initial, the initial uh, conflicts. Right, I was actually in somebody's house. So when I left that house I went home, I just I slept. Like I just slept in it. I was crying and I just slept. On the way, yeah, on the, on the way home, I actually mentioned my sister. She's glad you know, you you know her. Uh, she's my closest sibling. Yeah. she's so because she's like, my friend as well. So I told her. Yeah. She said I was joking. I said, I said I'm not joking, I'm on my way home and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm considering abortion, but you know, I'm also I'm also having this battle. Like I know it's wrong. Um, I know it's not the right thing to do. I know it does not honour oh God, but these consequences are they're dire and there are many, and I'm I'm afraid. I should should beg so, you, so know, do please do not abort, please. We'll find a way. We'll we we'll walk through this together, please. Just do not abort. So I said, okay, i have had you. So I you know I got home and I, you know, I slept, So then I woke up. You know, in the middle of the night, maybe twelve or one. I don't remember now and it was like the battle had, it was like battle had come to an end it wasn't even a battle anymore it was like i had i had this this peaceful um feeling this sensation that you know what you're going to honor god you're going to do the right things you're going to keep this pregnancy and and, and god will be with you like god will take care of it and you know as i was having that thought I i remember i went online Hi. So, I don't know if you know Pastor John Piper. He's, uh, he's the founder of Desire. Dizek- I
0: do. I love desiring God. God. I love desiring God. You know, his, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: That website has been so instrumental to my work because back when I was struggling with sexuality, I used to read some of their resources and try to apply them. And I I knew that he was quite vocal against abortion. So, I just, I didn't even know where to check from. I didn't even know what I mean. Now, I know that I could have just gone to the website to, to run a set. I do it a lot now, but I just thank God that I does. I just run a normal Google search. I wrote, I can't remember the query I used, but probably something about unplanned pregnancy John Piper. Yeah, he brought up a podcast episode where, you know, the the caller was a Christian man who had impregnated his girlfriend or fiance at the time and was you know, asking John Piper what to do. And the papa said, you know, you don't abort this pregnancy. Like, there will be pressure, maybe from the girl, maybe, maybe from her parents. Uh, of course, you cannot force her. But on your own end, don't be the one asking for an abortion. Um, You have to trust that God will work it out for good, even though it does not seem that way right now. Uh, so even though I made my decision, I think just reading that post strengthened me. Even the next day, I still went on to look for many uh, resources by Christian organizations. On how to deal with an employee, and I found so many helpful, compassionate, and empathetic resources that just comforted me and fortified my conviction. Um, so I'll say, you know, it was just my, it was just my, uh, my work with God. I'll say my, my, my fellowship with the Holy Spirit, because one thing people, you know, whenever you see you're struggling with this thing, people may think you're not a real Christian, or that you don't hear God or something. But many of us do have a relationship with God. We hear God, we walk with Him. It's just that one area or two areas or something that you are still struggling with, and you just need to keep relying on the grace of God for victory. Um, So I would just say that my the Holy Spirit helped me to make the right decision. He He filled my heart with this deep conviction on what the right thing was, and. yeah, that was that was how I that was how I made my decision. It was all by myself in my in my ginger room and put Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Um that's so beautiful that you are still able to make the right decision, even though you knew because I remember your exact words you were like it would cost you everything, but you still chose to do the right thing. Hi guys. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the first part of this conversation with Duni Oni. This is definitely not all. Be sure to look out for the second and final part of the story next week Friday. I hope this episode has blessed you and I trust that you have learned a thing or two. Be sure to share with your friends and definitely leave us some feedback. Don't forget to catch up with us in the second and final episode next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Big Sister Conversations. If you liked it, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eniola underscore Core to keep up with me and keep the conversation going. Until next time, remember that God loves you and I'm rooting for you.